All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Week 13 is in the books. A wild, wacky, sad, but conflicting weekend has passed. And I am here to dive into the games of the week. So let's get some of the fluff right out of the way. Chargers, Patriots. Oh, God. Oh, this game was pitiful. Um,. <laughs> The Chargers win 6-0 over the New England Patriots. And, I mean, the Chargers won, but they, they didn't help their case at all, right? You know, uh, big funny, funny stat here when I was looking through some of this stuff. Uh, both teams combined had uh, 26 first downs. To put that into perspective, the um, San Francisco 49ers had 24 first downs this week. Uh, the Saint or not? The, yeah, the Saints had 23, and the Lions had 24 first downs. I had to go look because I just couldn't believe that both both teams only combined for 26 first downs. Uh, yeah, didn't pay attention to this game, and glad I didn't. Bailey Zappi, not the answer. Uh, Justin Herbert, hey, uh, uh, you know, but this didn't help either team. This, I mean, I guess it helped the Patriots a little bit if they if they're trying to get the number one pick. You just need Bryce Young to flash (laughs) something good. (laughs) Just anything, um, which we'll get to later. But, okay, so yeah, Chargers, Patriots, trash game. They scored six points. Somehow, two field goals, and they covered the spread. That should tell you how bad this game is. It was embarrassing for both sides. Let's move on to another similarly embarrassing game, uh, the Falcons-Jets game. Falcons beat the Jets 13 to 8. Um no Zach Wilson, no Aaron Rodgers. Tim Boyle starts the game and does exactly what you would imagine somebody named Tim Boyle would do. Uh stunk the joint up and somehow lost a game in where Desmond Ritter went 12 for 27. And threw for 121 yards. And they still managed to lose this game. Now. They had a safety. Nothing. I don't. I guess the biggest thing from this game is Desmond Ritter stills trash. Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson are just in hell. And I'll throw Drake London in there. Because I, I like what Drake London does. I, I think uh, at some point he could be a like Mike Evans light. And that's not just because it's two light-skinned guys. But, yeah, so Boyle gets benched. Simeon comes in. Mm, not much better. Yeah. And <laughs> they lose. Jets lose 13-8. Uh, Falcons get the dub. Somehow, some way, they just keep – they they beat the bad teams. They just barely scrape by in this game. Uh, any statistics of note? Because I didn't really check this out. Four for 14 on third down for the Falcons. Two for 15 on third down for the Jets. Nice. Similarly here, uh, both teams, 29 first downs. I feel like that's a very indicative stat to show how bad these games were. How many, how many times did you even get a first down, let alone score? Um but yeah, there's another game where that that stat is also an outlier the other way where it doesn't make any sense. So sacks four to three, you know turnovers. Jets had three turnovers and still only lost by five. That Jets defense is 
pretty good. I would, I'd still, I wish we would get to see what they would have looked like with Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but we're stuck with Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. And, you know, oh, hey, maybe, maybe if you do enough mushrooms, you can heal your Achilles. I don't know. Um, I don't want to know <laughs> how many mushrooms it takes to do that. I, I, you know, so, uh, but yeah, it'd be fun. It would be fun if they were in the pl- in playoff contention and Ro- and Rodgers could come back. That would be a fun storyline, but it just is not realistic at this point at four and eight. Um, yeah, no, and it's still what Rogers said. He's still maybe two to three weeks away from, even if this is even a realistic thing, he's still a couple weeks away from even being able to play. So this is just nonsense. Um, another game. Uh, Dolphins destroy the Commanders, forty-five to fifteen. Now this was the outlier game that I was talking about because the Dolphins only had uh, twenty-first. I was keeping track of first downs. Because of that Chargers, uh, the Chargers Patriots game, because it just seemed weird. Like I never really thought about first downs that much. Like, like um, high scoring games versus teams not scoring. Like how many? What like what is an approximate value of a first down? You know what I mean? Like, um, and here it's off the charts because the Dolphins only had. 20 first downs, but they scored 45 points, which seems a little unbalanced when you look at it. You typically, you know, 20, a little more than that, 24, 25, 26 would be a little more indicative of a 45 point (laughs) scoring. But you do have Tyreek Hill who put up a massive, ridiculous Randy Moss-esque stat line, five receptions for 157 yards, two touchdowns. He, um was responsible for more than half of Tua's yards, like I've been saying all year. It's the Tyree Hill show. It's the Devon A. Chain show, now he's back. It's the uh, Raheem Mostert show. It's not the Tua show. Shout out to Mike McDaniels for putting together this offense and, and, and the G, whoever the GM of the Dolphins is for, for drafting Waddle and and just building this team around Tua with these explosive weapons that all all he has to do is just go out there and get the ball in guys' hands. Um, the commanders, what do you want me to say? Uh, Sam Howell, 12 for 23, 127 yards, a pick. Eh. Brian Robinson, meh, 7 for 53. Um, Sam Howell ran for two touchdowns. If that, you know, I'm in the red zone, if that makes would make you feel any better, but... I think Sam Howell is talented. I think he's in a very terrible situation, and it's going to be a struggle for for his career if he if he stays with the Washington Commanders. Um, and just shout out Magic Johnson for no reason in the Commanders. Fixed. You got to get this fixed. Yeah, blowout. Uh, Dolphins move into the second seed in the AFC. Ravens on a bye week, so I think yeah, they're still number two. But, yeah, they stomped him. Tyreek Hill is the man. That's the MVP. Give that man. He's the MVP. We got to stop doing this. Um, if if Adrian Peterson, because he ran for 2,000 yards, which had some people have had already ran for 2,000 yards at that point as for running back. So the fact that Tyreek Hill could possibly get to 2,000 yards as a receiver for the first time since the 60s when the stats were, I don't even know if, if, 
they even had a great way to keep track of those stats in a in a like actual manner of the I would assume that a lot of that was just guessing exactly how many yards they were getting at the time there's no way they had precision um ways to like keep up with that there's no way but yeah if he crosses 2,000 I don't see how it's any different from snubbing Drew Brees with with 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns versus whoever the MVP at quarterback this season is supposed to be, whether it be Tua or C.J. Stroud or Jalen Hurts or Lamar. To me, it doesn't really matter. None of these guys are are having an otherworldly season comparative to getting 2,000 yards in a season as a receiver. And if he puts up 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, if he gets to 18 touchdowns and 2,000-plus yards, it, it shouldn't even be a question anymore. It's not even a question. I don't care how good the Eagles are because they can do the tush push. I don't care that uh, Brock Purdy is throwing to uh, a full team. It's a let. Think about this for the Brock Purdy stuff. We'll get because we'll get that. I don't care. I don't care. I'll skip my. I'll skip that. I don't care. I don't care what these other quarterbacks do, short of throwing for nearly six thousand yards. That's the equivalent of, of what Tyreek Hill is doing. This is one of these guys going for 50 and 6,000. And that's I don't see anybody doing that. Like that would be somebody has to basically put up 500 yards a game <laughs> to even come close to that. So, yeah, give Tyreek the MVP. Come on. Stop doing this. So next game, we'll go to the Colts-Titans in a thriller that goes to overtime. There was... There was two back-to-back blocked punts here. Um, I there's I would have never imagined this game being as high-scoring as it was. Pretty wild to think about it. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 26 for 42, 312 with two touchdowns. He basically it was really just Gardner Minshew going crazy because there's no no Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Zach Moss had 20 carries for 50 yards. That's not great. So they they weren't running the ball well. I mean it is the Titans. And you know that defensive front, that their defense is is they're solid. Um, like it's crazy to think that the Chargers and the Titans are both four and eight right now. And I'm I, I think because Will Levis has come in and just been a steady hand at quarterback, I trust the Titans a little more, especially the defense. The defense, I mean, they the defense kind of shit the bed here, but <clears throat> yeah, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, they're real guys. It's nice to see uh, Gardner Minshew. I, I just I can only imagine what Anthony Richardson would be doing in this offense right now. It's it sucks. Maybe it would be different though. Maybe they wouldn't, you know, wing it around like they're they're doing with Gardner Minshew, who just continues to be this uh, perennial um, good backup. Like everywhere he's been a backup, he has had one of these some of these games where he just shows up. You're like, ah, that's why. Gardner Minshew is still in the league because the guy's pretty good. For a backup, he's very good. So, yeah, Colts win. Um, yeah, it was, uh, there was a, a crazy sequence in in this game where there was a, a blocked punt for a touchdown that was worth two points, and then another blocked punt back to back. Like it was just, it was a crazy game that ended in a crazy way with Gardner Minshew throwing a bomb to. Was the bomb to Michael Pittman Jr.? No, Alec Pierce. Yeah, it was just a crazy bomb in overtime to put him in position, just kick the field goal and go home. Uh, Shout out to Will Levis. Will Levis, 
looking solid, looking pretty good. It looks solid, man. It looks um. He had that play where he threw the pick, and <laughs> he well, I guess technically it was a fumble that was basically an interception that the guy fumbled and he got back. You do with that as you may, but he did okay, uh, just under 50%, 16 for 33, 224, a touchdown. He has sacked six times. I didn't realize that. But, uh, yeah, Tajay Spears uh, came alive in the second half. I think Derrick Henry got hurt, if I remember correctly, or he got banged up. I don't I don't, I don't quite remember, but this game was pretty good. Um, just a wild finish to this game. But it's just two teams that kind of uh, – like the Colts are seven to five, but do do I really believe that the Colts are like a really good playoff team? No, I've, like I, whoever it's one of those things of whoever gets the Colts minus maybe another divisional matchup with um with Jacksonville, and I don't even know if they played Jacksonville very well actually thirty one twenty one and then thirty seven twenty no so they like nobody I don't think anybody wants to see the Colts make the playoffs man like we need we don't need that but here they are seven to five. And this is what we stuck with right now at the seven seed in the AFC. <laughs> Jeez. Um, all right. What are we looking at? Lions defeat the New Orleans Saints 33 to 28. Uh, Lions go up big. Lions go up real big. 21 points in the first quarter. If I remember correctly, they had 21 with like halfway, maybe with maybe six minutes left in the first quarter. It was. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, let's see. When they have twenty one, they score twenty one with. Oh my goodness! With eight minutes left in the first quarter, they were up twenty one nothing, and then just completely put the brakes on this. And this is what I've been saying about all these good good teams, quote unquote good teams, uh, in the NFL right now. They're generally maybe outside of I'm trying to think um no most of them most of all the all the top teams in the top of the league right now are all just pure ball control teams they're teams that they want to get a lead and they want to hold the lead they just want to hold you down run the ball run the clock out and go home with the dub and the Lions try to do that and the Saints said no 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 guess what we're going to go on a run in the second quarter and make this thing a game. Well, in the second half and make this thing a game. So you go into halftime 24-7, and they just turn it on, and you have that. And Derek Carr got hurt, and Jameis had to come in, so it was a mixture of Jameis and Taysom Hill. And it just got weird. But it, they were, it was close. It's a five-point game. It was five points with, what, through the half of the – yeah, Yeah, seven minutes left in the fourth. There was punt, turnover on downs. Oh, no, they scored. In the, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The Lions go three and out and don't gain a single yard. And then the Saints just come down and blow it. I mean, you had you had Jameis Winston in at the time. Maybe if you had Derek Carr, who was kind of turning it on before he got the late hit, maybe they pull this game out and we're talking about are the Lions for real? That's the scary thing about being a team that wants to kind of control the ball first. Realistically, if if what they should have did is just try to put 60 on them. That's what they should have did. Just try to put up 50, 60, and just run the score up. Because your defense, the Lions secondary is not good. 
<laughs> and they somebody somebody in the playoffs is gonna have a nice time throwing for 350 400 yards in a in a close game with the Lions because if you're doing this with if you try to put the brakes on against the Saints and you can't hold them down it's the Saints we're talking about this is check down Charlie uh Derek Carr you know if you can't hold them down if you can't hold you know did Jameis go for if you can't hold Taysom Hill and Jameis down you're not going to hold Jalen Hurts down. You're not going to hold Dak down. You're not going to hold Brock Purdy down. You're not going to hold these the top of the NFC down. You're going to get either blown out or you're going to blow a lead late because your your secondary isn't good enough to stop anybody. Um, I don't know if I said everybody looked at everybody's stats. Uh, Jared Goff, 16 for 25, 213, two touchdowns, just the epitome of mid-efficient, you know, Um like I said, Derek Carr, if you're going to give up 17 for 22, 226 and a touchdown, I mean, obviously Derek Carr threw a pick, but he's going to throw a pick. It's Derek Carr. But if you're going to give up, you know, that type of efficiency to Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints, you're going to have a problem with some of these top contenders. No doubt. Uh, Taysom Hill was the best running back. Alvin Kamara just looks kind of washed up, sadly. And they just really, you know, I mean, I didn't even realize, geez, Chris Olave, five for 119. Oh, he did. Ha- I did see two big plays. But it's like, yeah, if you're going to just let Chris Olave do this to you, then I don't know what to tell you. Oh, shout out to Sam Laporta, man. Looking like Travis Kelsey. Is this is it just me or is it weird that every tight end in the league wears the number 87? Is that not weird? Like, what is going on? I understand Gronk and, and Kelsey. If I remember, yeah, Gronk wore 87, right? 99% sure he wore 87. Yeah, like, why does every tight end in the damn league wear the number 87? There are other numbers you could wear. Most of these receivers don't even wear 80s. You could have any 80 number you want. And every every single tight end in the league right now is wearing 87. It's just so weird. But that's beside the point. The man had nine for 140 in a touchdown. And he took off on that. On I think he had two long runs. But Sam Laporta looks nice. So good pick up there, good win, not a good win, just uh, the whole pause. The gap for like the top teams and teams like the Lions is just becoming greater and greater. The more sample size we get to see, the more that we understand how some of these teams are operating like the Lions just want to hold the ball and do this, but then you don't have the secondary to stop teams from coming back. That's going to be a problem. Um, let's see. Other early window games. The last one is uh, Cardinal Steelers. Wait. Oh, we didn't. Ah, I'll come back. I'll come back. Let's finish this early window, and I have another game that I need to talk about. Cardinal Steelers. This was a weird game. Um, <laughs> the Cardinals won it pretty much going away. Uh, you went to, came straight out of the, th- well, this game was marred by uh, weather delay. So pretty sure they didn't kick off this, basically the second half of this thing until almost 4.30. So any momentum that the Steelers thought they could muster up, they didn't and they couldn't. And the Cardinals rolled and Car- Kyler Murray looks pretty good. 
everybody's saying that the Steelers defense is a is a real defense. I don't I mean, I guess I guess it is. But like is it is this a real contender? This is not a real playoff contender, man. Like oh shit. This is not a real playoff contending team. The Steelers are a fake good team, just like the Colts. Like I said with the Colts, this isn't like the Lions. The Lions aren't a fake good team. They are a, excuse me, a good team with a hole that's not even a, a like, it's not something they can't overcome. It's just a very glaring issue that will become a problem in the playoffs versus teams that are more solid overall. But the Steelers have a very obvious glaring problem that is not something I believe they can overcome. They have been overcoming it lately. Uh, Maybe firing Matt Canada made the issue a little easier to deal with. But Kenny Pickett still Kenny Pickett. And now Kenny Pickett's out. Now Kenny Pickett bangs his head off the ground. And all of a sudden you got Mitch Trubisky in there. And uh, did he score? Sure. But guess what? Didn't matter. Didn't matter because you're getting blown out by the damn Cardinals. Uh, yeah, just this uh, this game sucked because it and it didn't. It was it ended up being a late window game, but it didn't matter because when they kicked off again, it was already seventeen to seven or seventeen three or whatever it was. It was just not. It was never close, and the Cardinals did what all the good teams have been doing: is just choke the lead, just choke, not choking a bad way, but just. Just hold down the lead, right? Just run the air out of the ball. Make this game as short as possible and get out of here. And they did that. Now, I don't even know if I want to talk about this game. Um, Dallas beat the Seahawks, right? This is the Thursday night game. I don't think I, we ever talked about it. I, we couldn't have. We record on Wednesdays, duh. But I'll, I'll be very clear with this. I don't think the Cowboys are bad. I have the Cowboys as a top five team in the league. Now, saying that, I also do not believe that the Dallas Cowboys can win a Super Bowl. I don't think it's possible, right? I think Dak Prescott has a ceiling that is capped at the playoffs. The way Dak plays... um. And how can I say it? I believe I've watched it for years and years and years. I've compared him to Alex Smith. I've compared him to Kirk Cousins. There's a reason for that. He plays scared, right? That's what it is. Simple as that. Dak plays scared. You cannot win playoff games. You cannot win meaningful games playing scared at quarterback, right? Because uh, teams are going to take C.D. Lamb away, right? That's what's going to happen. Good teams will take CeeDee Lamb away, and you have to make plays off script to the rest of your team. And I do not believe that he is capable of doing that on a consistent basis to beat these good teams against good talent. Now, I've been saying they haven't beat anybody good. Uh, A team on a six-game slide or a five-game slide like the the Seahawks, is that a good team now? Is that where the bar has been lowered to for for the Cowboys? Is that where it's at? Like, okay, you still haven't beat a good team. The Seahawks aren't a bad team, but they're not a good team. They're mid. 
So good. You got one mid game, and I will commend the Cowboys for that. Like, but the problem is, you're supposed to beat them. You're supposed to beat the Seahawks. That's not a, you don't get a prize for beating a mid team like that that you're favored by almost by almost two scores for. Like he came into this game a big un, uh, favorite and barely won and had to pull off some late game heroic stuff to fight back against Gino, who was who was who was trying to work his arm out on the sideline before the end of the game. You let DK Metcalf cook so ridiculous. Like Deron Bland shows up again with another interception, but if he doesn't get that interception, the Seahawks might win this game. And that's what I mean is like, so now that y'all like Cowboys fans won a trophy for beating a mid team barely late into the game, you don't get a cookie for that. Sorry. That's it. That's all I have to say about that game. <laughs> um, okay. So that's the early window. Oh no, I'm tripping, man. I'm tripping. That's not the end of the late, the early game window. Cause we got that man. CJ Stroud. Now, here perfect example for the Cowboys fan. This is the exact opposite of that. The Cowboys are also mid, but the Cowboys were also on a five-game winning streak to bring themselves back over 500. That is way different than the Seahawks who have lost five games to bring themselves down to 500. This doesn't make any sense. Uh Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson wreaked havoc in Houston. Like that alliteration, I need to be a uh, or journalist um, or a writer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, and not wreak havoc in a good way. The man threw two picks. He looked like Russell Wilson from last year. I don't know if it was the defense for Houston or what was going on, but Russell Wilson just looked like he didn't have it. The CJ Stroud, all like this was just this was a big weird struggle game, and really the saving grace was. Houston defense stepping up, getting those picks. Because I think this game probably is a lot, a lot less close. Like the Dolphin or Dolphins, the the Land Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, um, probably win this game going away the way they kind of were moving the ball when they did. Um, if they don't throw those three picks, they probably win this game by two scores going away. And Russell Wilson has probably 250, almost 300 yards. And he duels, dukes it out with C.J. Stroud. But Russell Wilson just turned back into the big, big navy and orange pumpkin that he, I genuinely think that he is. Like, I feel like, okay, you guys went on this run where you won five straight. They beat the Chiefs. Okay, I'm just hating on the Broncos because I'm a Chiefs fan. Cool, you can think that, but also... There's no way Broncos fans look at this Russell Wilson and, and think there's no way he's going to turn back to who he was for a quarter of the season. He this is who he, he's ready. He's back. He's here. He's and no, he's not. And then you play Houston to to kind of solidify your place in the playoffs, possibly. And you lose. You lose. How? Th- that's the worst part. The Broncos drove it down the field with a minute and some change left. <laughs> Get into the red zone. Do Russell Wilson does everything he's supposed to do. And then he throws a pick into the end zone to end the game with 20 seconds left. Can't do that. Right? Uh, that's it. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud didn't even pr- play particularly well in this game. 
he didn't play really that great here. Um, he just kind of did what he had to do, and Nico Collins just kept being open. And CJ Stroud kept hitting him every time. There was one play that, like, there was one of those bombs. It was one of the, I think it was the late one where he he hit him, and I don't even understand how Nico Collins caught it. It did. He literally, I, I'm pretty sure that CJ Stroud overthrew him a little bit, and he just snatched it out of the air. Like Nico Collins is for real. Now that he has an actual NFL talent quarterback to throw him the ball, he's showing out. He's showing out, man. And, and shout out to him. Shout out to Houston. Shout out to D'Amico Ryan's for getting this team, uh, like to get him going, like to get this this going like this. It's crazy to think, like when you look at this, this game was so close like this, and the Broncos didn't convert a third down the entire game. Doesn't even make sense. Doesn't even make sense. Why? Because Houston was struggling and they gave the Broncos chance after chance. You take those picks away, probably two of those possessions, they end on a score and they win the game. So, yeah, that was a good game, man. Shout out to CJ Stroud, leading the league in yards right now. Looks nice. Um, I just, I want them to get in the playoffs over teams like the Broncos, the Colts, and this team, the Cleveland Browns. Ugh. The Rams beat the Cleveland Browns 36-19. to uh, Joe Flacco, for a while, looked like he was good, and then just threw that lollipop, and they got a pick, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Rams scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> They scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. I thought my parlay was good, man. I think I had the Browns uh, plus 11 and a half. Or, it was something, something ridiculous, bro. And they they blew it in the fourth quarter, man. Amari Cooper goes down. I mean, Joe Flacco was looking good. And then Matt Stafford just to, to like, me and the postman just out there making plays. Puka Nakua, DeMarcus Robinson showed back up. Uh... Cooper Cup got a touchdown, but he wasn't really effective. Typical Cooper Cup style stuff. Kyron Williams has turned into a top running back in the league. Like the the Rams, if they had if they had two solid offensive linemen, maybe maybe I would trust this team a little bit more, just a smidge more. But I I just don't. They play actually good, talented teams because. Cleveland, the fact that the Cleveland defense, the Browns defense gave up 36 points to the Rams, there's just it's no hope left for that team, and they know it. It was it was bound to happen some way or another where the, the team kind of gives up a little bit because they're it's not real. The offense is so bad, there's no way that the defense can just continue to try to hold it down when you see what's going on out there. Maybe the Joe Flacco showing helps a little bit, but I I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um Let's see. Oh, Buccaneers Panthers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers win 21 to 18 in a giant storm that was just terrorizing the entire East Coast. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what this is. Chuba Hubbard is one of, is one of the best running backs in the league. Nice. Mike Evans goes for 162 yards and single-handedly Carries the Buccaneers to a win, basically. Uh, cracks a thousand for ten every ten straight seasons. 
of a thousand yards, man. Get that man off the Buccaneers. We the Chiefs should have traded for him, but the Buccaneers at at five and seven are still fighting to get in the playoffs, and it doesn't make any sense. They just need to relegate the NFC South to an entirely different league because I'm tired of this. They should be selling. They like the Chiefs or somebody should have been able somebody that has a realistic chance at making some type of run and playing well into the playoffs should have Mike Evans right now. And he should be making a difference for a team that matters, that counts. But he's on the Buccaneers who, if they do get into the playoffs, get waxed immediately in the first round and sent packing for no reason with a bad draft pick. And we all know this is not a good team, but here we are. Shout out to Rashad White, man. I think I, I think I called Rashad White doing like, you know, trying to try to get this guy, that guy going, run the ball, like give the ball to Rashad White, and that's really what they did was just hit Mike Evans and Rashad White over and over again. So yeah, um, let's see. Baker Mayfield threw the ball twenty nine times. Seventeen of his targets were to Rashad White and Mike Evans. So that should tell you. What you need to know. Five of them was to Trey Palmer, who didn't do shit with it and caught two passes for 12 yards. So, yeah, shout out to Mike Evans carrying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Rashad White. Oh, let's get to the juiciness, man. Um, Where should I start? Uh, Let's start with the game that was first. The San Francisco 49ers Avengers squad beat the Philadelphia Eagles 42-19. to Wow. Uh, Eagles fans, it's tough. It's tough. Um, on one hand, Jalen Hurts played the best game that he has all season consistently from front to back. Uh... The most consistent, I can't say the best game. He's played the most consistent game passing the ball that he has all season. Went for almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, um, one running, one passing. But it didn't matter at all. You go up early, 7-6, and then I think it's 14-6, and then all of a sudden, boom. And I think it might have still been the first quarter. Here come the Avengers to whoop Thanos. No, it never got to 14 to, yeah, they went up six. You go into the red zone early in the game twice and your defense forces two punts out of the 49ers, one of the best offenses in the NFL. And you get two field goals out of it. And guess what happens? It leaves a little wiggle room, a tiny mustard seed speck of room for the 49ers to just kick through the damn door and take your lunch money and do all the all the whatever wild stuff you could think of they came in your house and they kicked your ass period uh yeah <laughs> i don't know man. at first it was like oh man the eagles are finna take this game running away but they couldn't finish drives and then all of a sudden you get one touchdown then you get two touchdowns, and then you get three touchdowns, and then you get four touchdowns, and it was, it was, it was, it's wild, man, like, 
Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I said it. I said the 49ers are the best team in the league. There's too much talent when they're healthy. As long as Brock Purdy doesn't play bad, I don't see a team that can beat them when they are clicking on all cylinders. So this game just, to me, just solidified that even more that if Chris, if you, you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuels, Brandon Ayuk, um, George Kittle, I almost forgot George fucking Kittle. Uh, like, and then you have Brock Purdy just making sure the ball goes to all these guys. It's, I don't see how you stop him. You got Trent Williams. Like, it seemed like any third and short, um, fourth down. Did they have a fourth down conversion? I think there was one. Yeah, there was one. Any third, they were eight for 11 on third down. Any third and short was almost as automatic as the tush push was just an inside zone run in between uh, Trent Williams and whoever the left guard is. It was just automatic for three or four yards. Automatic. Christian McCaffrey next to running past Trent Williams was just automatic two, three, four yards. So it's like, I don't know what team, I don't know who, what team is supposed to go beat them. They just they I put the Cowboys as a top team right now, and they beat them forty two to ten. Everybody looked at Philadelphia like they were the cream of the crop, and they just dusted them. And the worst part is Jalen Hurts is just going to get less healthy as the season progresses. As they we get into the playoffs, he's not going to get healthier. That's not going to happen. And if they don't get the the number one seed, they don't even get a buy. So then he's gonna get like he's gonna put more, uh, more wear on his tires. And, and it's just <sighs> San Francisco just peaking at the at the right time at the end of the season. And we might just it might be time. It might be time. The problem, the only problem I have with this whole thing is I still do not look at Brock Purdy. As the MVP, because if we if we looking at this right, um, how many of how many of those three hundred fourteen yards was yards after the catch? We got to be honest. How many yards after the catch did Debo Samuel's have? I would love to see that. That's what I need to know, man. Because one of them was definitely fifty, like. <laughs> Like it's it's crazy to think about that, man. Um, I have to find it. Either way, either way, man. The man had two two um. Two receiving touchdowns and a, and one rushing touchdown, and it was just unstoppable. And I, I just don't, I can't, I can't chalk all this up to Brock Purdy when you throw into a guy like Debo, you throw into Brandon Ayuk, who is he a top ten receiver? Where what where does he rank in the receiver category? Because then we talk about Debo and Ayuk. And Kittle is your tight end, the second best tight end in the league. And Christian McCaffrey is maybe the best running back in the league. And your left tackle is the best left tackle in the league. At some point, we gotta we have to be honest with this. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy is bad. I think Brock Purdy is good. He's competent. 
He is a a good, competent, solid starting quarterback. I don't think he's some perennial great that's going to take the league and run the league for the next few years. I think if if for whatever reason Debo, Christian McCaffrey and and if all he had was Ayuk, we've seen what happens when all he has is Ayuk and they lost games. They couldn't win games against mediocre teams. But then you look at this this game, and, and of course, everybody, the hyperbole is going to be that he's the MVP. He's the best quarterback in the league. Look at the stats. Look at the stats. Look at the stats. But I, I need to know. I need to know, man. I need to know who the yards after catch leaders are. I have to know, man. Because it, it they have to be up there. So, Rasheed Rice, that's pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, though. So, you telling me they're not in the in the top 20? Debo's not in the top 20? It's just because he doesn't have the yards, bro. It's just because he missed games. There's no way, man. There's no way. I refuse to believe this, bro. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about fucking Purdy. I don't fuck. I, I just, I don't believe this, bro. It's just tough for me to believe that Brock Purdy is the reason that Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey are good and George Kittle are good. No. No. Stop it. Let's see. Yards after catch per reception. Debo Samuels. That's what I've been saying. He's number one. Yards after catch per reception is 9.7 yards. That's ridiculous. Stop it. Like we got to stop this, man. Rasheed Rice, that's why Rasheed Rice is so good for the Chiefs because we can just give it to him and let him go. It's just annoying. It's annoying to see that we, that people st- are just doing this. Like, he has a higher yards uh, yards after catch per reception than Tyreek Hill. How many times do you see Tyreek Hill catch the ball and run it 30 yards? into the end zone yeah, exactly it's ridiculous it's, it's it's just crazy bro no Brock Purdy is not the MVP sorry the same way too is not the MVP I don't care what the stats are if you have somebody on your team who's carrying you you don't get to just take all the responsibility for that right no that's not valuable it's not valuable that Jimmy G can come in here and take a team to the Super Bowl and then Brock Purdy can come in here and take a team to the Super Bowl and you can just plug in any quarterback into the Shanahan system with weapons and they can take a team into the Super Bowl or into the playoffs. Like that's what this is. All you gotta do is be competent. Be a competent starter and you good. We gotta stop doing this. Be a Jalen Hurts and I don't know. I don't know man. I just don't like the Brock Purdy discourse. He's good. I'm not saying he's not good. That's what everybody always gets, seems to get confused, that if you don't say Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the league, Brock Purdy it should be the MVP front runner, then you think he's not a good quarterback, but that's not the case. He cool. He's pretty good. <sighs> now I got to show some love to a guy out there. That was nasty. That was nasty. I apologize, but I have to show some love to my guy. My guy, Jordan freaking love. And I ain't even going to do, you know, because Aaron bleeping Rogers. Well, this is Jordan fucking love, man. All right. So 
I'm conflicted. I ain't gonna lie. I'm conflicted. <laughs> so let me just say the score. The Packers defeat the Kansas City Chiefs 27 to 19 in love. <laughs> love conquers all. Right? Is that the saying? Love conquers all, man. The love turned up from beginning to the end of this game. Also, AJ Dillon was hitting guys so hard. He knocked th- probably three people out of this game for the Chiefs. Um, I just want to highlight the Packers first before I get into sad mode because I'm not going to get deep into the Chiefs issues because Wednesday or Thursday, it's a Chiefs cast. That's going to be the name of the episode, and I'm not I'm not hiding it right now. Um, this Monday night game is, you know, Bengals, uh, Jags, don't care. So Thursday will be a Chiefs-specific podcast. So right now I just want to talk about the Green Bay Packers, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, uh, Dontavion Wicks, Jaden Reed, Malik Heath had a, had a nice little catch, Tucker Craft. Uh, and they don't even have the other tight end who's the real starter. Tucker Craft's not even the real starter. Um, Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave, the tight end, looked good before he got hurt. The defense, Quay Walker, uh, Jonathan Owens, Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell, uh, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith still out there going crazy. Not crazy, but uh, Devontae Wyatt. Was, he was supposed to be good, but he's not really living up to all that but like this team this is what i've been saying this team is young talented all they have to do is get jordan love to play to start playing up to his potential to begin the rise of being able to play up to what his potential is which i think he has a really really high ceiling but also a extremely low floor i i i i, I think he's kind of he's really what people thought Jameis Winston should be real high upside real low floor and it shows but in this game it was all ceiling it was all ceiling he I'm talking about the reason some of this is the arm talent from Jordan Love is I don't think people understood what I was saying all year I've been saying this he has every attribute you would want in a good quarterback right now in the league. He had a play where he escaped pressure and just took off away from Chris Jones. Like you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to throw into the pressure and make plays. You need to be able to roll out of the pocket and, and sling the ball and he can do everything. He throw little arm angles like Pat and all the guys do nowadays. He can do all of that stuff. The problem is processing the game. That's the real problem with Jordan Love. Can you consistently game in, game out, make reads, make checks, um, and just read defenses and process the game at a high level? Because he has all the physical tools. You see it. I'm talking about the guy's jumping off. He's jumping, throwing passes. He's touching his ankles together on dropbacks and and still getting crazy arm angles off. Like he's, he's doing weird stuff. The same type of stuff that made me gravitate towards Pat when I first seen him coming out of college where he's just like, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Everything Jordan Love does, you're not supposed to be able to do that. You're not supposed to be able to, in a in a, in a five-step drop, touch, touch your feet together and then <laughs> touch your feet together, turn, and then just sling it. Like, you're not supposed to be able to do that. You're not supposed to be able to 
basically trip yourself and then chuck the ball. You're not supposed to be able to, in the face of two defenders, jump fading backwards and throw a fucking 40 yard dot down the field. You're not supposed to be able to do these things. And when people say he's, and when people have been saying Jordan Love's not good, I don't get it. I don't see it. I, I was always looking like, how do you not see it? How do you not see this guy roll? There was a play earlier this season that made me think of all this, that made me go watch all the stuff. How do you not see a guy who can roll out right with terrible footwork look clumsy as hell? That's the craziest thing is everything he does looks clumsy as hell. But then when the ball comes out of his hands, it's the same as C.J. Stroud. I don't see how people see missed that. When he lets go of that ball, it is a perfect, beautiful ball, no matter what is going on with the rest of his body. That's why it doesn't make any sense. That's why I said he has the tools, the capability to be a good quarterback. Can you process the game and make the right plays? That's the real question. And he did in this game, and they set him up with a great game plan, and you beat the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs who are struggling. So I think that the Packers are going to win out the rest of these games now. Now beating the Chiefs, they have an even higher chance of getting into the playoffs because they're most likely going to finish with 11 wins. That'll put them at the sixth seed. Um, That's if Dallas doesn't slip. They could possibly get the five seed. Um, but yeah, like that puts them at this, this, uh, the six seed. And, and I, I think, I think whoever they play in the playoffs are gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna go one of two ways. There is not, there's not gonna be no middle way. There's gonna be, this is a tough game that they probably lose or they get completely blown out. That's, that's what this Jordan Love, watching Jordan Love all year has just been at. He's either gonna do something crazy like, like roll out to the right and throw the ball across the field to the other hash on the on a rope, or he's gonna do what he did in the Falcons game and then just drop the snap. <laughs> like, but even that, even that, he dropped the snap, dribbled the ball off the ground and threw a dot forty yards. And people have been questioning if this guy has the capabilities. Yes, yes, that's why they kept him this whole time. They've they've seen this stuff in practice. They've seen all this goofy craziness just awesome ability that just hasn't been all tied together now granted the guy's 25 but that's still you still got time you still got time now let's go to the other side of the ball uh let's start shout out to isaiah pacheco the hardest working man in show business man like they was trying to fold pacheco up and and hit him as hard as they could and he just kept getting up every time and killing this defense over and over again man uh but it didn't matter it didn't matter because we don't have there's no receiver the chiefs don't have a, a competent receiver they have Rasheed rice who's fucking 21 how old is Rasheed rice 22 at the most like we everybody keeps saying let's just feed Rasheed rice feed Rasheed rice he's 23 years old man He's not ready for that. This is first year in the league. He's not ready to be the number one hands down receiver like that. Like that takes time to build up into being that. I don't think there's any receiver in the league that walked in year one and was that dominant. Like that was just hands down, dealt through double teams, through bracket coverage, through all of that. Uh, just could dominate games. Rasheed Rice is not going to do that. He is a solid 
receiver, great uh, run after catch, as we've just seen, because he's one of the top run after catch guys in the league right now. And it's like, yeah, can you just, you can't, you can't just get, throw Rasheed Rice a, a million curls and hitches and screens and think you'll be able to win games that way. Obviously, it's not possible. We've seen this happen a couple of games now where, yeah, Rasheed Rice is featured in the beginning, but guess what? We're just going to sit on the screens. We're just going to sit on that hitch route to this guy because he's the all, him and Travis Kelsey are the only guys you're going to throw the ball to. Why? Because everybody else sucked. Now, I'm going to go through this way more in detail on the Thursday episode, but I just had to get that off. Like, free free Pat, free Patrick Mahomes, that's, that's what it is. Free Patrick Mahomes. Get that man some receivers. I've been calling for it since 2019. I loved Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is one of the most explosive, dangerous wide receivers in the game. He's an unstoppable force, but also... Somebody like Mike Evans, somebody like Michael Pittman Jr., a, a, a 6'3", 6'5", 6'2", shit, somebody like Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase is 6'1", a strong, A.J. Brown's a 6'1", one of those strong-handed, powerful receivers that can go up at the catch point and fight for the ball is what Patrick Mahomes has needed his entire career. That's what he had at Texas Tech. That's what he needs now in the league. Is where, Okay, we get it. You can fill the team with five, eight gadget guys, right? You can do that forever, and it's never going to be as good as it would be if you got somebody else that can run outside routes opposite of Travis Kelsey, a big body that can go get it, strong-handed receiver. That's what they need. Simple as that, and it's not done here. <sighs> You drafted somebody like Sky Moore, and this is what we get. You make picks like Clyde, who was running a four six coming out of college, five seven running a four six. You draft somebody like Sky Moore, who's five eight running a four five four six. They're not the greatest athletes, but they're also not the greatest tech technicians when it comes to running routes or just running the ball for Clyde and this is what you end up with you end up with a bare cupboard where we're looking at Isaiah Pacheco having 100 yards Travis Kelsey having 80 yards Rasheed Rice having 64 yards and then MVS is your next leading receiver with 25 with two catches on five targets and Pat's scared to throw the ball to anybody else because look what happens every time he throws the ball to Sky Moore something bad happens Mike Let me see, because I remember reading somewhere. I think it had to be Twitter. So Sky Moore has 21 receptions. Let's see how many. Matter of fact, Sky Moore has 37 targets this year. Out of those targets, Patrick Mahomes has thrown six interceptions, six of his whatever it is now. It's got to be up there like 13, 14, 15. It's got to be way up there now. Six interceptions on 37 targets. 37 targets to, to Sky Moore. And six times that's in, a, in an interception. Two times specifically were because Sky Moore didn't, doesn't know how to track the ball. It's sad. Um, 
Yeah, I don't want to rant too much on the Chiefs and just ruin the whole Thursday podcast. So they're in trouble. The Chiefs are in trouble. They're not bad, but they're not a top tier team in the league anymore. I, I don't. I don't think I can continue to talk myself into them being one of the second best team in the league. Like I had them ranked in my top ten. I, I just don't. They are. It's the same thing with the Lions. They're probably floating around that same area with the Lions where. Your issues are glaring issues, and I don't know if you 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 have to get lucky in the playoffs, and you have to be perfect, perfect and lucky in the playoffs to really make a run for another championship. And that's sad. That's sad. One year, one year, and all that gets exposed. But it's fixable. It's fixable next year, not this year. Just go sign Mike Evans. All right. Um, I hope you enjoy the podcast. That's it. I'm out. I'll be back Thursday with the Chiefs cast. So get ready for that if you're a Chiefs fan. That's it. You know what to do. Subscribe to the YouTube. Follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Just look up Carver2X and you will find me. I hope you enjoyed. See ya.